welcome to a very special episode of Feel Good Sports where we're not we're not even in the same room anymore. So <laughs> no, first remote. it was different couches and now it's like different towns. No, we're getting further and further away from each other. <laughs> yeah, we're growing apart. <laughs> All right, so we've got a few things to talk about. We're mainly going to focus on Matildas because 100 days. There's a 100-day countdown. It begins today. There's tickets that go on sale like they went on sale about 40 minutes ago from the time that we are recording, additional tickets, things like that. I don't know. It's just all a buzz now. 100 days seems to be that official countdown period of time. We've, but you and I have been counting down or been looking forward to, but now I feel like we're we're in the run into the yeah. FIFA World Cup and I'm kind of getting excited. And we've, we've had games, of course, uh, Matildas versus Scotland, which, look, yeah. I had a weekend where I was in a pretty much a dead zone um, signal-wise, which is probably not a bad thing. But I have, since I've been back in Perth this morning, been catching back up on bits and pieces of how things rolled out and listening to press conferences and stuff. So I'd love mm. your thoughts, though, on how Tilly's in Scotland um, played out for you. There's a few talking points to come out of these warm-up games. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it live. From my perspective, I reckon... There are a few big things to note about this game. So the Tillies went down 0-1 to Scotland. We spoke last week about some late injury exclusions. So Caitlin Ford, who is probably the most informed player who isn't Sam Kerr in the Tillies right now, she's um she was out. She was ruled out with a hammy last week from a game uh, with Arsenal, which is a massive blow. But Sam Kerr also did not play. So no Caitlin Ford, no Sam Kerr. And those are your two most reliable scoring players, right? Sam Kerr seems to be okay. There's a little bit of iffiness in a post-Scotland press conference with Tony Gustafsson. He was very cagey about it. Yeah. But it seems like she's okay. Gustafsson said that Kerr's playing load with Chelsea is just massive. She's been playing back-to-back games uh, pretty much for the last two months with Chelsea because they're so darn successful. She has to play everything, right? Yeah. So she was rested from Scotland. It's not clear if there's a niggle or if it's literally just giving her the rest she needs. But she said last week that she is really looking forward to playing England. She's never actually played England before. Which Did you know is- that? Bonkers. I, I hadn't known that until she made the comment. So I just you just assume that Yeah. I guess coming from this, you know, the couple of sports where I follow a lot of the things is very much, you know, England are huge rivals and you play them consistently. So you just know that lots of people have had that experience in that sense. And I just assumed that Sam Kerr would have, you know, it's like be interesting to see what team she has collected on the Monopoly board and what she hasn't. So um, yeah, I think she'll play right? against England if the um, strength and conditioning team and the medical team consider she's had enough of a rest and it's not going to be too much of a load. I expect her to yeah. have some sort of minutes surely against England. We'll know when they roll out on the pitch tomorrow. Uh, on your point against with Sam having never played England, we forget, I think, because we're watching, we watch a lot of cricket and stuff like that. The whole like football as the world's game is a real thing. There yeah. are so many nations that play football. So you can have a player like Sam Kerr, who seems to be absolutely everywhere all the time, who has never played 
a juggernaut like England. So I reckon she will play, um, as you say, what capacity and how much she'll play. Anyway, back to the Scotland game. Ellie Carpenter came into the squad. It's the first time she's played since 2021. She had an ACL injury. She's been getting her match minutes up at Lyon. I don't really watch the French League at all, but um, I kind of just keep tabs on Australian players. She's played decent minutes and had some some really good improvement there. And she has spoken really effusively about Leon's management of her injury and bringing her back to playing, playing fitness and stuff like that. And her comments around coming back into the side, she was saying that she's really excited and that the injury in a way has was a, a bit of a blessing in disguise because it, it meant that she hasn't been burning the candle at both ends in a World Cup year. So she's actually pretty well rested. Her body's feeling really good and hasn't been pushing it too hard. And she, we could see her speed is well back up to where she was beforehand. She was moving really, really quickly down that right flank and and she's really impressive to watch. She's got great transition through the midfield. And I think in the game against Scotland, we saw a lot of pressure in the first 15. And I think if you've read any of the match reports or anything, that first 15, the the amount of forward pressure, it you could see in those 15 minutes that the Matildas, a great sense of momentum, but they missed a couple of really good opportunities early on and a couple of wayward passes into the forward line and stuff like that. It just meant there was no conversion. And and when you have that really, really good intentional pressure and there's no conversion at the end of it, you know, you lose the momentum and Scotland really capitalised. And pretty much it was back and forth for like the first um, the first half, but Scotland scoring in I think the 47th minute, it just didn't come back to the Matildas. There was a lot of desperation in, in sort of the last eight minutes there was heaps of desperation from the Matildas and it resulted in I think something like 17 shots on goal but they were very wayward a lot of long long bomb shots I was kind of a bit disappointed because we didn't see much from as I said Ellie Carpenter did a really good job but I was surprised that we didn't see Hayley Razzo converting she's on really good form and she's had some really good looks at goal. She she made goals in the Cup of Nations. I was kind of surprised. She didn't seem to be handling the ball as well as I normally expect. She's got such quick feet. She's got a really good sense of awareness in that forward line. And I, I low-key expected a bit more from her. Also, one of our favourites, Courtney Vine, had a couple of really good looks. And one of her best opportunities in the first half, she she had really good control of the ball and she just had, it was a fair bump from a Scotland defender. Mm. Like it was not a huge shove and she ended up on the ground and it was 100% the best look in the square with really good control and she was just bumped off. And yeah, she should have got muscled off a bit too easily, didn't she, which was a yeah, bit surprising. It looked- She's usually a bit more um, ready for that physical contest. So yeah, particularly when you've the, got the mark, I reckon they all were. You know, it's one thing to kind of be like, you know, Sam Kerr wasn't playing. You haven't got Caitlin Ford. Even the back line has been missing Alana Kennedy since the Canada series last year. So, um, 
you, you can kind of go, those senior players aren't in there at the moment and that can be a bit, maybe they didn't have that steadying influence. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we saw the best of, of the Tillies and I don't necessarily think it's because those players weren't on the field. I think they had a lot of talent on the field. They just weren't able to settle in. Yeah, I'm not too worried. I think the the goal that did get um, get scored by Scotland was, you know, at, at a from outside the the box. Um, it was a gr- it was a great strike. You know, beautiful curl in right at the juncture of the the cross the crossbar. It, like it's brutal. It, yeah, was, it was a good shot. Yeah, it was perfect. It, like so, I think yeah. in many ways you go, wow, that was an incredible goal. What a highlight! Yeah, and Mackenzie Arnold is a really good keeper. She's a phenomenal keeper, and there's not much you can do with a shot like that. <laughs> it was, so, it it was so good. It was a very um, good shot. so. This I think two forty five Perth time will now take on England. Two forty five a.m. team. Two forty five a.m. Yep. Perth time, and they're on a 30-game streak currently. So you mentioned the word juggernaut. I think that's the accurate way to describe England. This is the side that yeah. as much as, you know, we're all definitely on the, the Tillys bandwagon for the World Cup and going to be behind them and trying to get them to their best ever result and ideally lifting up the cup, England are the heavy favourites. Yeah, so England won their first Euros Championship last year. They've been to the final three times. They are... They're playing under Serena Wiegmann, who's the head coach. She's from the Netherlands. She's Dutch. And she coached, this is a little bit of trivia for you, right? So she coached her um, home country, the Netherlands, to their uh, first Euro championship in 2017. So Serena Wiegmann, head coach, takes the Netherlands to their first Euros. They win in 2017. Uh, And then... The 2019 FIFA World Cup, who's in the final? It's the Netherlands and America, right? So Wiegmann has this pattern established already of winning the Euros Championship and then taking her team to the World Cup final. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see that again, if we see the Euros last year and the World Cup final this year from from England. And the thing is there was so much goodwill built through the Euros with England's team and they do have a, they have a stunningly good team. Beth Mead is not likely to play the World Cup. She, you know, miraculous recoveries happen and her injury was pretty severe. So apart from that, England are looking strong, man. And the English team, I think Wiegmann has said that they're not experimenting with their squad from now and the team they put up this week is going to be pretty similar to what we're going to see. In the World Cup. So from Australia's perspective, it is going to be very much a testing their medal thing. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I I think with Sam Kerr on, on the pitch, yeah, I I I would I would back a Sam Kerr led Tillies. I think if she needs the rest, well, I mean, these are the friendlies. Um I think based on where what she feels and what her gut instinct says is probably what'll happen for the game. But yeah, I kind of expect maybe some limited minutes. Yeah, maybe she'll start and and come off at some point, or or he might even inject her for for a bit of impetus, which would have been very tempting to do, seeing as she was sitting on the bench on um yeah I think so yeah he did say that he he's been thinking about it uh, Gustafsson <laughs> that is has been he like was looking back at that game and was you know it was a consideration it was a yeah. consideration for her but we didn't do it because we'd made a decision. The good um, thing is right now I, I do feel like. Though- our- depth in positions like across all thirds is 
really it feels in a better position than it has previously. You know, we're I think we're out at the moment. I think I saw in an article 700 games of experience, which we thought heading into these friendlies, we were going to be loaded up with our strongest side and getting a real chance to look at what brand of play we would actually put on during the World Cup. They've had to take a real pivot on that because they've just yeah. had injuries and some some unavailables and withdrawals. So there's, we're there's seeing a, a chance to of... some depth looking, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Because Steph Catley's out as well and she's, she's had some really good form. Um, recently too. So about having Ellie Carpenter come in back in, I do think if we can, if some of those injuries uh, mean that we can have some recoveries over the next couple of months, um, it is a strong side and you're right. There is depth. I think, I think a change of leadership against Scotland was, it's a tough thing to take that change of leadership when you've, you've had, you're on a winning streak. Um, But in my in my opinion, you kind of want to, if you don't want that winning streak to be interrupted, you don't want to kind of go into the World Cup on a hot streak and kind of have that stumbling moment in the group stage. And So now is a really good time to have a loss and to have a really good look at what works, what doesn't work, um, what you can do if someone needs, if if you've got key players being rested and stuff like that. So I, I think there are a lot of positives I think there's a lot that can be adjusted for success as well. But, you know, so, we'll see what happens tomorrow. 2.45 a.m., are you getting up to watch it? Or are you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I will be watching a replay. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how we go because part of me goes, well, it's a friendly. If if things go well in the group stages, we, we think we could probably finish second in our group to Canada and therefore in the – round of 16 we probably will actually come up against England um so it's almost a fact-finding mission of well what can we do what disrupts England what is our best avenue to goal you know can we get in and attack hard early and then hold on you know yeah it's it's actually a great opportunity for us and especially if we are underdone in the sense of some of our experienced players and our certain starters come the World Cup it's kind yeah. of a free hit to use my my cricket term. I, in in many ways, I kind of want us to just see what we can break and and go for it. Um, yeah, I think. And, yeah, in the back of the net. There's also um there's also a lot to be said for um a home advantage. Like oh, it is a home win, right? So yeah. so there there is that kind of um you know that intangible thing that you can't really account for. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see what happens. I reckon it'll be a good game one way or another. I do hope we see some Sam Kerr, but I hope that is not at the cost of seeing Sam Kerr at her best later in the year. Oh, um, I was going to say, I do wonder with the home, yep. ga- home, home game, home ground advantage, there's also the, the flip side of sometimes it's a disadvantage because every media outlet wants you, you need to be doing all this additional media stuff than you would if you were a travelling side away at a World Cup. I wonder if a couple of things, so England at the moment are a flying side, you know, they just came off a, another 80-odd thousand spectator um, game. So, you know, being over there and experiencing a little bit of what it's like to have a, a lot of um, hometown interest in you, but being the away team might be good right now. Plus, I wonder mm-hmm. if they'll do things like, you know, reach out to, say, the Healy's, the Meg Lannings, 
um, Perry, for example, and and get them across to chat to them about how they managed that World Cup back in 2020 because at first the Aussies yeah. really um, felt like they were held down by the pressure of the home crowd and then they decided they had to go through a way and embrace it. And, and they'd be interesting if they find a way to, you know, sort of talk to people about those experiences because, you know, playing in front of 86,000, yeah. be the hometown. I think, it, like, I think it's a little bit different as well because, like the Tillies are expected to do well, but they're not the favourite, yeah, right? It's but... like it's a different scenario in that sense. Moving on to a couple of other things, the WNBA draft was overnight, so that was really interesting. I mentioned last week in the little video I did for socials that I expected Alia Boston to go number one. She did. She was picked up first. One Australian was picked up in the draft. So Shanice Swain has gone to the Sparks. She was a 14th pick in the WNBA draft. That's pretty much, you know, 36 players went to eight teams. I think the main thing there is another Australian into the WNBA, which is really exciting, and the WNBA season proper starts on the 19th of May. So that's just over a month away. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a stunning season. The WSL, the World Surf League, Bells is on at the moment. A bunch of Aussies are into the quarterfinals. Yeah, we've got Isabella Nichols is in the semis, Tyler Wright, uh, Steph Gilmore, who I'm a big fan of, um, and Molly Picklam are all into the quarters. Um, And speaking of Molly, a shout-out to her and Jack Robinson as well because they're both sitting up number one in the rankings at the moment. So two Aussies across the male and female. Got to love our surfing um, cohort. They're brilliant. So good luck for them for Bells. I do like when World Surfing League comes across to Australia. I know you follow a fair bit of it as well um, through your job. But, yeah, it's it's fun just talking to surfers in general, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're a great squad. And Jack Robinson was surfing against Kelly Slater last week and having a young gun talking about surfing against such a legend and the kind of goodwill that's around that whole competition and that mateship and they share so much of their lives on that tour. It is a real feel-good sport. With team sports, you often have this very like rivalry-based fandom and you don't get that with the WSL. The WSL is just so collaborative and it's such a community that everything about it is just a real feel-good space. So when you're watching surfing, you know, there's always a great kindness and a great friendship ar- around that, and I love it. If if you think about the way they represent themselves and their country, you could probably say it's a bit similar to tennis, whereas with tennis, the moment you lose, you tend to be, right, go get my check at whatever point it's at, got to get on the plane, got to get to the next thing. Surfing seems, as you just pointed out, seems to be much more a community and much more like, the schedule says we do this, so I'll have I can surf here while I'm not competing, um, and then we can take off and go over to here and do this. So I agree with you. You get yeah. this real sense of there's there's com- competition, and they really compete, but they do have this quite genuine celebration of each other's successes. So yeah, yeah. It, it does come across, which is quite unique as a as a sporting element a couple more quick mentions from me the fair break international tournament um, is coming to a close so that is six teams uh, I think the finals on the 16th of April so we're one round to go with some semi-finals on Saturday and the final on Sunday it's an ICC sanctioned event but it's privately run and fair break Global, they're a company that sort of strives to provide or to promote towards gender equality. So it's a really unique 
cricket tournament in that you don't um, you have your surname on your back, but you don't have a number. So you don't sort of say Wallace 32, you'd say Wallace and Australian flag. Um, and it, it mixes all in. So there's a team called the Barmy Army, for example, which immediately go, well, that must be all English. It's not entirely English, but it's got probably a few more English players. So, yeah, there's six teams. There's a few Aussies in action over there. Amanda Jade Wellington, Phoebe Litchfield and Johnston are over there playing for the Warriors, who are actually in number one at the moment. They've also got Hayley Matthews in there, um, Mignon Dupree and Jess Kerr. So a few favourites rocking around in the one team for us in the Warriors. They're also coached by an Aussie in um, Julia Price. And they have Celeste Rark as their physio, who is a former Australian player, moved across with um, her Irish passport to Ireland and represents Ireland now and is a qualified physio. So it's got these really unique elements of people tying in amongst it in this competition. Um, Nicola Carey's over there captaining the Spirit. Erin Burns and Katie Mack are playing for the Sapphires. So, yeah, there's a few Aussies out there getting involved and um, it's just a tournament that, that gives you a really different way that our, you know, Susie Bates is a big name player, um, how they interact with some more associate nation players. And so there's people like, um, I'm trying to think, um, I think she was one of your favourites, maybe Jotty from Bangladesh. You a bit of a fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's over there playing at the Barmy Army. Uh, Fatima Sana from Pakistan's playing. And th- th- there's lots of names that obviously I just can't roll off the, the top of my head, but it's just a it's a really cool little tournament. So just sort of give that a quick mention as well. I love what Fairbreak does. And it's it's also um they they give tournament play opportunities to players from that don't have an international squad as well. So players from spaces that don't get to see a lot of international play and it gives them a they, it gives them a platform to be seen by teams and franchises and stuff yeah. like that. So it g- gives us a look at players that don't get a, a lot of um, exposure and it's in Hong Kong at the moment, right? Yeah, it's in Hong Kong and then later on in the year there'll be one in the USA and um, my local club, Melville, have a player represented over there because Ariana Douse, who came over to us from the UK, is part of the Tornado side. So look at that connection. So Hey, yeah. we love that. Very cool. Is there anything but- else we need to have a look at? No, I reckon maybe coming up in the future, let's have a look at a bit more A-League women's because we should sort of probably touch base on the domestic comp, especially leading into the World Cup. There's super netball, super rugby happening, um, rugby sevens, A-League. of course. And our golfers just doing good things on the LPGA as well. So There's a lot going on. That, that's for future episodes. All right. Let's wrap it up. Laters. Laters.